Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Go ahead and put up nugget number one. I have a little ways to go, short time to get there, and I want to give you as much information as I possibly can that you can go over it later and apply it to your life, and I trust that you'll be blessed. Ready? Let's read quickly. The key to happiness, come on, let's say it together. The key in your homes all around the world, we need to say this together. The key to happiness is to know the principles of God's word, not just know his principles, but what? And do them. Amen. Nugget number two. We got a little ways on these nuggets tonight. Nugget number two. Ready? Read. We clearly have a problem in our relationships when we have violated one or more of God's principles. So you can't have a problem in a relationship unless you have violated one or more of God's principles. Nugget number three, please. Nugget number three, please. Ready? Read. There are four keys to creating mutual, supportive, and rewarding relationships. So if you're going to have a rewarding marriage, a rewarding relationship with your brother, your sisters, a rewarding, a rewarding relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, there are some keys, some principles that you must know and apply if it's going to be a rewarding relationship. Next nugget, please. I believe it's number four. Nugget number four. The central doctrine, this is important, the central doctrine of the Bible deals with three basic relationships. How many? Three basic relationships. Number one is that relationship, our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And here we go. And our relationship with ourselves. Glory to God. Let's keep moving. Nugget number five. When God, oh, you need to say this one. When God wants to bless you, how many of you know God want to bless you? When God wants to bless you, he puts a person in your life. And when the devil wants to destroy you, he puts a person in your life. Man, we can park the car there. Next nugget, please. We're almost finished. What you respect, you will protect. What you respect, you will protect. If you love your wife, you'll protect her. If you love your pastor, you'll protect him or her. If the pastor loves the people, he'll protect them. Teach them the truth. If whatever we respect, we will protect. Let's go ahead to the, I believe, the last nugget for tonight. Ready? Nugget number seven. The Holy Spirit will give you discernment regarding people and help you to choose. Ooh, God. Bible study's over. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. The key to happiness, principle number one was, the key to happiness is to know the principles of God's word. 
not just know the word, but do the word. There are a lot of folk who can quote scriptures, but they don't do what they've quoted. There's a lot of people who say that they know the word, but it's not how much word you know, it's how much word that you, how much word that you do. For the sake of time, let's go to Jeremiah. As I said, it's going to be a little different form here because I'm trying to give us something that uh, when no one else is around, you can go over this tape, you can go over this. I trust that you'll go back and listen to all the different uh, platforms that was, uh, was discussed on relationship. I know it will bless you immensely. But let's go to Jeremiah chapter 18. You haven't been to Jeremiah in a while. The pages are probably stuck together. But look at verse number one. Ready? The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, and it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Look at the next verse. Then instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy. The last verse I want to read is verse 8. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. So out of these verses of scriptures, people of God, what do we draw from these eight verses of scripture? We draw from these eight verses that our success, our success or the success of the lump of the clay it's its willingness to yield to the potter. So the success of the clay, the success of the clay is the clay's willingness to yield to the potter. Now, symbolically, we are the clay and God is the potter. The challenge is, is that clay Natural clay can't talk back. And we can. The Bible says that the potter, uh, there was a blemish in the clay. And the potter started over again to shake the clay in the form that he had in his mind. So how the clay is shaped is not determined by the clay. But how the clay is shaped is determined by the potter. So your life and my life is not determined by what we decide to do. But our success rests in what the potter has already decided for us. The other challenge we have is that clay, natural clay, doesn't have a wheel. And we, being physical, living clay, we have a wheel. So what the potter says he wants to do for us, we have a choice as to whether we agree or disagree. 
But no, every time we disagree with the potter who is God, we always get in trouble. So when the potter says, I've chosen this person for you, but you want this other person and you don't take the one God has chosen, you take the one that your flesh wants. Always know when you choose something that God didn't choose for you, you're always, say always, you're always headed for trouble. Can somebody say amen? I said, can somebody say amen? The nugget number two says that when we have problems in a relationship, clearly we have violated one or more of God's principles. So your belief in the creator will determine the effect and attitude toward yourself. In other words, your attitude toward God will have a great bearing on your attitude toward yourself. Let me go a step further. Your attitude toward God will also affect your attitude toward others. And your attitude toward yourself will determine your relationship with others. So if you don't like yourself, you can't have a good relationship with somebody else. Because having a good relationship with other people is having a good relationship with yourself. Oh, God. So if you don't like yourself, you won't believe anybody who say they like you. Because you're struggling with your own personal self-image. If your attitude towards yourself is wholesome and good, it will be the same toward others. So you cannot have a wholesome relationship with other people until you have a wholesome relationship with yourself. So you cannot go around looking for somebody to have an impact on your life to make you like your life. You have to already like yourself before you meet somebody else. Oh, God. You, you can't go around looking for somebody to make you happy. If you're not happy before you get married, marriage is not going to make you happy. Can somebody say amen to this truth? Now notice, man is the clay upon the wheel. And God is the potter. God, he has the power to carry through his wheel. And here's the awesome thing about God. What God has decided for your life. And what God has decided for my life, he doesn't have to answer to anybody. God is not governed by a board of directors. And because we didn't vote God in, we can't vote God out. Somebody ought to say amen to this truth. I said somebody ought to say amen to this truth. God, say God, yeah, God, whether you acknowledge it or believe it or not, God has absolute authority. And you either come under his authority and be blessed and, or do your own thing and curse your life. It is not God's will for you to abide in trouble. It is God's will for you to abide in blessings. And it's when we're out of his will. It is when we're out of his will that our lives become so very complicated. I don't mind testing trials because testing trials can come being in his perfect will. My challenge is if I'm in a test, if I'm in a trial, 
Is it something that God ordained? Is something that's happening in my life because I violated what he said? Am I in trouble because I've been disobedient? Or am I facing opposition because I'm obeying God? And there is a difference. I said, and there is, there is a difference. Go to Romans chapter 9 real quick. Romans chapter 9. If I sound like I'm going fast, I am. Romans chapter 9, look at verse number 19. Romans 9. You will say to me when, or you will say to, to me then, why does he still find fault? For he who has resisted his will. For who has resisted his will? For who has resisted his will? I, I'm just going to go on record. I, I, can't, I can't even, I'm almost embarrassed to, to, to even testify how many times in my life's journey that I have gone against God's will. Even choosing people to be in my life. I've had a witness in my heart, in my spirit, to leave that alone. That's not right. But I went on ahead and, and got involved. Got my emotions all involved. Got my life all involved. Got my mind all tangled up. And in some cases, got my body tangled up too. And all that I created and all that came at the end of it was nothing but a mess. Because I did not yield to God's will for my life. Look at verse number 20. But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing form say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? You, oh, this is going to help somebody. It's nothing but the enemy that has tried to paint a picture to you not to like you. Because as, as much improvement as we all need, God still loves you. With all the mistakes that he already knew you were going to make. As a matter of fact, there's some mistakes you're going to make and I'm going to make and we haven't even gotten there yet. But God already knows and he still loves you. The reason that you're here today is because God wanted you. Your mama may not have wanted you. Your daddy may not have wanted you. Your family may have rejected you, but God wanted you. And even in the rejection and even in the things you had to go through growing up, God said, I'm going to use it for my glory. Because I wanted you. You came into this world because I wanted you. And if nobody on the planet, God said, wanted you, I wanted you. And if I wanted you, say of God, then you're wanted enough. So you're a wanted man. And you're a wanted woman. We need to put up a poster on the doorpost that you're a wanted man and you're a wanted woman and you're wanted by God. Glory to God. And there's a reward out for your apprehension. Glory to God. Oh, God. And not dead or alive, but alive. Hallelujah to Jesus. Can somebody say amen? I said, can somebody say amen? So look at verse 21. Does not the potter have power over the clay? Come on, answer the question. Does not God have power over you? Come on, you got to answer. Does God have power over you? 
The verse says, does the, does the potter have authority, power, sanction over the clay? So if the potter has authority over the clay, then the clay cannot tell the potter what to make it. The clay is at the mercy of what is in the mind of the potter. But we know this from scripture. God doesn't make anything ugly. And God doesn't make anything that is defeated. God only makes things that are valuable and precious. And tonight, you're so valuable to God that he sent his only son to die for you. So how can you walk around anymore? Not another day will you walk around with low self-esteem. Because when you have low self-esteem about yourself, you open the door for other people to abuse you. Holy Ghost said, say that again. You see, the only reason you're tolerating that abusive relationship is because you have low self-esteem about yourself. Can't nobody mistreat you on a consistent basis when you like yourself. Some of you are going to say this for the first time, but let's say it all together. I like me. Come on, say it again. I like me. I know all about me, and I still like me. I know all about me. There are people who think they know all about me, but I know all about me. And I still, come on, talk to me. I still like me. Not only do I like me, God loves me. So if you don't like me, see you later. If you don't want me, no problem. You're not the one. Oh, Jesus. Is this helping anybody at all? I said, is this helping anybody at all? Now, we hear a lot about in relationships about communications, yes? Everybody, I mean, you go to most seminars, go to most counseling sessions, you know, they always... You know, either they start off or in the middle, they certainly end up talking about communication, the breakdown of communication. It's not just communication that makes a relationship work. It's not just communication. It's not just communication that makes a relationship work. I can talk to you, communicate to you until I'm blue in the face. But if you don't understand what I'm communicating, we're making no progress at all. So in our communication, we need understanding. We need understanding. Can somebody say amen? So I, I share with you nugget number three, that there are four keys to creating mutual support or mutually supportive and rewarding. How many want a rewarding relationship? Let me give you these four, these four keys. Key number one, uh, purposeful communication. You have to have purposeful communication. Number two, you have to have right understanding. You can't just communicate. You have to communicate in a way where the person you're communicating to and with understands. Number three, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to uh, give up judgment. You have to give up being judgmental. And, and then number four, accepting responsibility. Most relationships fall apart because one of the parties 
or both of them are refusing to take their responsibility. If you're dealing with a married couple, if she talks, it's his fault. If he talks, it's her fault. And I mean, they can go on and on and on about the fault of their, of their spouse or their mate. And they, I mean, they can talk for hours. You almost have to cut it off. But when, they go to, when you go to asking them, what, what role have you played that has caused this relationship to be challenged? I mean, they can, they'll be finished in 30 seconds or a minute. Because by human nature, it's difficult for us to take responsibilities for our side of something when it's wrong. Can somebody say amen? amen? So accepting responsibility, taking equal responsibility for what you get from the relationship and practicing forgiveness. It's amazing how people uh, yearn for forgiveness when they've done something wrong. I mean, they want boatloads of forgiveness when they're wrong. But when it comes to them having to forgive somebody else, they want to ration it out. They want to ration it out. And so any relationship is going to certainly struggle if forgiveness, say forgiveness, is not a free flow in that relationship. The reason there has to be a free flow of forgiveness is because two people trying to live together and they're not the same. They're not the same. Not realizing you're causing the thing that, that should be making you stronger, you're taking it and allowing it to destroy you. It is your differences that makes you a powerful force. If you married somebody who was just like you, what was the use in marrying them? The reason the person you married is different than you is because they are your additional help. They have a different perspective. They operate from a different premise. And together, flowing together, you become a mighty force. One can put a thousand to flight. Talk to me, church. But two can put 10,000 to flight. Hallelujah. Is this blessing anybody at all? Purposeful communication. So that means you're talking to a person with the intent for them to understand. In other words, you're talking with somebody uh, in a relationship and your whole premise, your whole purpose in talking with them is that you're wanting them to understand. I don't want to communicate with them just to say I said something or I told you or I tried to let you know what was going. No, I'm communicating with you with the intent that you will understand. Because whatever I've said, if you don't understand it, then how can we come to a place of agreement? Can somebody say amen? amen? So we must have right understanding, appreciating and respecting our differences. Appreciating and respecting our differences in a relationship enriches our relationship. It enriches our relationship. Is this blessing anybody? I said, is this blessing anybody? So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. But you can be unequally yoked and be two believers. 
And then Amos chapter three, verse three, it says, how can two walk together? Unless what? Uh, uh, Diggy Brown, can you come? Can you put down all that, that load you got in your hand? Come on up here real quick. Are we together? Come on, come on by my side. No, come stand, stand with me. And we're going we're gonna to walk together. Yes, because to accomplish what we need to accomplish, man, we got to be together. Yes, sir. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. And so I believe I've heard from the Lord. Yes, I believe this is the vision God has uh, given us. And, and, and if we'll commit ourselves to it and walk in it, man, great and mighty things are going to happen and God's going to get the glory out of it. Yes, so sir. we're going to go this way. Yes, are you ready to go? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I'm, 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 the, I'm the husband for the sake of example. Hallelujah. Yes, <laughs> All right, we're in a business deal. <laughs> okay. We're a business partner. But for our business to be successful, we got to be saying the same thing. We got to be doing the same thing and we got to be going the same direction or it's not going to work. So so what our mandate is to get accomplished, we got to go this way. Yes, we have to go this way to get it done. Are you ready to do it? Yes, sir. Do we need a cheerleader? We can. We're already excited enough. All right, excited let's go. Enough. Ready? Yes, sir. Go. Now, 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 don't laugh to the E-Church. Don't laugh because... That is exactly what happens in a lot of marriages. They walk down the aisle. He's excited. She's excited. The, the congregation, the witnesses are excited. Uh, they take their vows and they get up off of their knees after confessing their vows and they start walking two different directions. And somebody said, well, pastor, when we were dating, man, we got along. Something, it just seemed like something happened when we got married. I mean, it just, it like all oh, hell broke loose after I said I do and he said it too. Well, when you were dating, you didn't necessarily have an enemy. But when you got married, according to the word of God and, and engaged in doing it God's way, the devil hates marriage. The devil hates marriage because from godly marriages come godly families. And you can't have a godly church without a godly family. As a matter of fact, you can't have the church without the family. Now, I'm going to be just a little political and I'm going to leave it alone because there's a lot of discussion now about abortions today. And the reason there's so much conflict about abortion is because we've gotten away from the pattern. And so the world wants to do what God says don't do unless you have, have obligated yourself to the pattern. You could fix that up any way you want. I could do it a whole lot better. But we're in turmoil. The Supreme Court, I mean, they're being, they're, they're being protested against because they're, they're saying something according to the pattern, but, but the populace doesn't want what the pattern says. Are you all listening to me? So we've gotten away from the pattern concerning relationships, 
And I mean, all kinds of things are happening. So if the marriage is going to stay together, if relationships are going to be wholesome, come on now, we have to walk together. Now, how can he walk with me if he doesn't know where we're going? So I tell him where we're going. These are married folk. They've had a family meeting. And I've shared with him where we're going. And when we get up from the table, I think the family thinks everybody understands where we're going. You remember what I said earlier? Communication is not enough. And I've been guilty of it. Sitting down with my family, telling them where we're going and then not listening to them talk to find out where I said we were going that they understood. And because I didn't take the time to listen to my wife or listen to my children about what I said, I assumed that they understood stood what I said only for me to get frustrated two or three weeks later borderline mad because they're not following what I said and the reason they're not following what I said is that they heard me say it but they did not understand thank you so much they did not understand is this helping anybody at all? So, relationships, making peace in relationships. That's my title, making peace in relationships. This, our time is almost gone, and, and I have to deal with this one. Um, when God wants to bless you, he puts a person in your life. When I was crying out to God about my life and God, you got to do something. Little did I know that something that he was going to do was send a person. When God wants to bless you, he'll send a person. It can even be a stranger. That's why you need discernment. But on the flip side, when the devil has made a decision to destroy you, he will send a person. And the danger is, is not knowing the difference between a God sent and a devil sent. Because you can't treat both of them the same way and be successful. Good God of mercy, preach boy. You can't treat a devil sent like a God sent. And you can't treat a God sent like a devil sent. And the only way to know the difference is discernment. And you cannot discern without the Holy Spirit. Because as believers, we don't yield to familiar spirits. We listen only to the Holy Spirit. Oh my. So the danger becomes in your marriage when somebody shows up trying to befriend your marriage your relationship, and it wasn't a godsend. When you're believing God for a husband and for a wife, and the person that shows up dressed like you wanted them to dress, talking like you wanted to hear him talk, as tall as you wanted him to be, shaped the way you wanted her to be, 
and they show up, but it wasn't sent from God. How are you going to know the difference? I said, how are you going to know? Because the devil can quote scripture too. So how are you going to know the difference? The only way for you to know is by discernment. And discernment doesn't mean anything unless you're submitted to the will of God. So you've discerned God's will concerning this situation, but you don't will to do it. And all of us have been guilty. Where we had a witness in our heart that God says, don't turn that way. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't get involved in that. Don't invest in that. Don't get in a deal with him. Don't do that with her. And by act of our will, we start talking to the potter like we're the potter and God's the clay. And we get, talk to me, we get in trouble. Amen? Let's close with this. Let's go to Genesis 1. You're going to see something now perhaps you've never seen. Genesis chapter Genesis chapter number one. Well, I want to deal with number two. Genesis chapter two. Look at verse number 18. I got three minutes. Genesis chapter two, verse 18. You there? Genesis chapter two, verse 18. Look at this. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Listen to it in the Amplified. Now the Lord God said, it is not good, sufficient, satisfactory that the man should be alone. Yes? I will make him a helper meet. A helper meet for him. Would you take care of that, please? I will make him a help meet or a helper meet for him. Yes? Now, we get a little sideways, Deke, on this because we go around saying God said, and he did say this, God said it is not what? Come on, talk to me. Who said that? And God said it's not what? It's not good for what? For man to be alone. But if you read that verse of scripture in the original Hebrew, the alone is two L's. So if you read that verse according to the original writing, it would say that it is not good for man to be all one. Who is Jesus? For God created man in his own image and his own likeness. He made him, what? Male and female. He made them. Come on now. Then he formed dust from the ground. And he breathed into that clay the breath of life. And that clay became a living, walking, breathing human spirit. And when God looked at what he had created, he said, it's not good for man to be all one. 
God. So he put Adam to sleep. And he didn't go to Jupiter to get somebody to help him. He didn't even go to the dirt again. Why? Because he said it is not good for Adam to be all one. Somebody shouting on our eater. So what did he do? He put him to sleep and went in and took out that other person. Because he said it's not good for them to be all one. Good God of mercy. And the help that Adam needed, he couldn't get it with on the inside of him. Because you cannot grow character by yourself. That's why your wife is the way she is. And sometimes she rubs you wrong. And that's why your husband is the way that he is. And it rubs you wrong sometimes. Why? Because God is trying to build character. And you always run into problems in your relationship when you're more patient with people outside of your home than you are, and I'm done. Than you are the people who are in your house. And so if you're going to have a successful relationship, you must first establish your relationship with God. And I don't want to close this service without affording you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus and you've made him, never made him your personal Savior and Lord. I don't care what kind of relationship you're in. It can't function the way it's designed to function if you don't have God in his proper place. And relationships don't work with you and the person. The relationship works with you and God first. And once you establish things right with God, now you're in a position to have a wholesome relationship with somebody else. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.